Welcome to Speaking in Spoons with your host, Christina Brookman. Welcome to Speaking in Spoons, a chronically ill podcast. I'm your host, Christina Brookman, with the handsome co-host, Dr. Nate Strauss, and we are celebrating the month of love. It is February, and with us, we have the lovely ladies that started Datability app, Jacqueline and Alexa Child. Uh, Hi, ladies. Thank you for being here today. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. So this is Datability app, the app for people with disabilities and chronic illnesses. Um, I'd love for you to introduce yourselves and tell us uh, more about the app and how it got started. Yeah, Um, I'm Alexa Child. I am 33. I'm Jacqueline's older sister. I am non-disabled, but I am a fierce ally and advocate and the co-founder of Datability. And I'm Jacqueline, I am 29, and I am disabled due to chronic illnesses. Um, Some of my disabilities include gastroparesis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, and just all the comorbid illnesses that come along with those. And um, we really created datability out of my personal experiences dating as a disabled woman. Uh, I struggled immensely with dating and it was really isolating and I felt so alone but in creating datability I've learned that my experiences are unfortunately not unique and there was just this huge gap that we could fill. I think it's incredible Nate and I um, before uh, we started this podcast I kept teasing him and telling him we should have a podcast called Disabled in Dating um, to just share all of our horror stories of trying to date while you're disabled. Um, uh, so um, tell us what makes Datability different from other online dating apps. Yeah, I mean, besides the mission that, you know, we want the majority of our users to be disabled, although we do welcome non-disabled people um, to join, we wanted to make it functionally feel like the other apps. So you go on, you fill out your profile, you swipe, once a match is created, so once two users like each other, they can then message each other. But we have a profile section called Datability Deets. And Datability Deets is an extensive list of broad terms like immunocompromised, wheelchair user, food allergy. That goes on your profile. It's optional. But the user selects what applies to them. There's a write-in option, no diagnoses. And we think it's a great way to fix that disclosure issue that so many people, including Jacqueline, felt. And I can let you expand yeah. on that. Um, I mean, a huge pressure with dating was how was I going to disclose how and when and I mean was I going to be totally honest would I sugarcoat it um when would I do it would I do it before we met and so it just it was so anxiety inducing and unfortunately like I tried all those different options and it was always met with rejection um it didn't really matter if I disclosed 
just, oh, I'm chronically ill. And so I, I actually can't go on a hike on a first date. Can we do a picnic instead? Um, like it didn't matter if it was in that sense or if we went on a couple dates and then I finally divulged my more of my medical history and then they would go and tell their families about me and their families would warn them not to date someone with complex medical issues. And so that that was something that we really wanted to solve. And we've received really positive feedback about the dateability deeds section and just how people are like, oh, I can be myself. I can just, I don't have to go in and worry that someone's not going to accept me and, or I don't have to worry that um, I have to figure out a way to, you know, bring humor into this. Like it's just natural and neutral and um, a, a part of us, which I really see my disability as just a part of me. It's, it's a big part of me, but it's not who I am. It's not, there's other exciting things about me. Um, right. So yeah. But it's also not something to be ignored, like you're saying. Exactly. Like, and I think so, what exactly what you said is something so many people go through that anxiety, female and male, like how do we do it? And and also um I think this the the disability deeds is something that other apps could really learn from. Um, because uh that's such a an awkward thing like um Nate and I had different experience we actually met in online dating um and <laughs> ironically um and he reached out to me well do you want to tell that part of the story Nate well I mean what part of the, like that I I read your profile and you were disabled yes. when that was interesting to me so I reached out and we went on a date well, yeah. yeah, it was you just it sound so romantic. Well, we went <laughs> to the we went to the movies and then I coughed through the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> we had to leave early from the movie theater. But then um, I left my Star Wars hat at the movie theater, and you sweetly went back for it. So I thought that yeah. was nice. Um, and then we became really good friends. And, uh, uh, but, um, cause at the beginning, Nate wasn't out about being disabled. Um, that's a weird way to put that. Okay. I yeah. Know. <laughs> well, you, you were uncomfortable telling people, not just employers, but like friends didn't know that you had multiple sclerosis. Oh, but like my, when I did disclose it, it was met with a lot of negativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I didn't but, um, and then, you know, I think that's common just from a lack of understanding and information. It's something, particularly with chronic illness, it's hard to understand unless you're personally experiencing it or you're with, you're around people that do. And my husband actually, like I've, I've had chronic illness my whole life, but it progressed. And when it got to the point where I, I couldn't work, my husband left, which I found out, um, is very, very common. Like statistically 80% of men leave and 20% of women. Um, so that's why with dating apps, I was just like, I don't want, I want someone going in with full knowledge. Um, what, uh, 
can you share any stories from people that have written into you um, from their experience on dateability? Yeah. So we, you know, we launched in October of 2022 and um, we were just actually made aware of a couple who matched shortly after we launched and they were long distance. They both have chronic illnesses and um, leaving one of them pretty isolated and um, more confined to the home. And they are about to move in together. And so it's been over a year that they have been dating. And they told us like, there's absolutely no way we would have met without dateability because we, we live 900 miles away. Um, and it was because we had the location function turned off that they were able to match. And now they've found, you know, they're hopefully forever or at least for a while. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so, and these, like we've heard other stories. So one of, one of these, um, one of our users who has been on since the beginning, and he has been a huge supporter of ours, always checking in, always giving us good ideas. And um, he has autism and he happened to match with someone and she lives 30 minutes away from him. And That's they incredible. Together, they met each other's families and they are going really steady and so I really love that and I mean that's just two of our success stories and there's I know that there's more and you know we've had people who have just made friends just like you and Nate like they're like oh yeah okay we're not gonna date but I have a friend now and that's been really awesome to see because I, um, I'm really, I really don't have anyone with a disability in my social circle and well, at least, you know, before dateability. And so it's really nice to be able to just also talk to people who understand and, you know, we're yeah. not always talking about chronic illness, but if it comes up, it's not this like taboo, weird subject that we all have to walk on eggshells on. Yeah. Make that community. Yeah. I think that's how we feel with the podcast. But, you know, I, I, once I started doing things online in general, I started meeting people and it really, it makes a difference when people just get it. You know, my, my mom is going through, they thought she had gastroparesis because we both have Ehlers-Danlos. Um, right. And um, she doesn't have gastroparesis, but we both have motility issues in, in our, um, esophagus and she's got some other stuff so I understand um some of what you're going through and I know um I know uh good days bad day yeah and the catalyst for dateability really yeah, at the end of the day was because of my gastroparesis I, yeah. I've had gastroparesis from you know over 10 years uh oh really uh, over over 15 years now, which is crazy to think. And um, and then it, it got to the point where I had to get a feeding tube and I was really panicked about how that would change my social social life and really in particular dating. And, and yeah, and, and Alexa was also like worried about how it would change our relationship, even though we live together or, you know, we do everything together. And so when I had reiterated that I just wish there was a place where I didn't have to like overly explain myself or prove yeah. myself 
anyone. She said, let's make it. And so that is exactly what we did. It's it's clear that you guys, you found your passion. Like when you talk about it, you just light up and it, it's, um, you're very, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to see. And, and I can imagine what's it like working as sisters together? Um, do you fight? Do you inspire each other? How does that work and how do you handle it? We don't fight actually. Um, we, and we live together. So it's a lot of together time. I think the pandemic prepared us for that. Cause we were literally stuck in the house together for what, three, four months during the lockdown when we couldn't really leave. Um, with the exception of like a grocery strip, uh, store trip, but we, you know, it's nice. We balance each other out. We are very similar. We have similar values, but we're also different and we have different strengths. Um, I'm an attorney. And so, you know, I can be pretty business oriented and think through things from a different perspective. And Jacqueline has an artistic side and has a graphic design experience that I don't have. And so sometimes she can put my vision, you know, bring it to life. Um, and it's just nice to work with somebody that you trust too. You hear of so many yeah. horror stories of founders who, you know, they're not related or even if they are related, families can be really tricky, but we already had a really solid relationship beforehand. And so we just know that this was, you know, I couldn't do it without her. I don't think she could do it without me. And so it is like a really good partnership. That's incredible. And I think um, it also, you're doing this from personal experience and, and I can see that you're doing it also because of your love for her and her experiences. And that mm -hmm. uh, I think it's gonna make, makes us a very special kind of um, app. and. Uh, I think there's a lot of things with dating that people, what's special about having an app, I would think with people that are specifically dealing with disabilities or chronic illness, there's a lot of things about dating that people don't think are challenging. They're like, oh, like the, just the conversation of going out to eat or an activity to do, like you said, hiking, you know, like, you know, a lot, everybody wants to hike these days and like, I can't go hiking. And just like you said, or like, sometimes the conversation of food can be um, challenging for people based on whether, you know, what they're dealing with medically. Um, and, or just like, like with me, I, I, I have these weird migraines where I'll go paralyzed. So public spaces can be challenging sometimes because if someone walks in with like a really strong perfume or cologne, like, and I always would have to mention that to a date, please no cologne <laughs> because I will just, pass out and then you'll be calling the ambulance um and so that's an awkward conversation to have <laughs> but, yeah and it's necessary for for your safety yeah and and so it's like like you yeah you you feel obligated like you have to do it um yeah. protect yourself but then it's like it just adds like so much pressure to it because it's like you have no idea who that audience is that you're telling yeah. um, Here's and my medical cheat sheet with my mom's phone number and all my allergies. Here's my <laughs> contact. Um, and so it it's it's yeah, it's scary. Um, yeah, and we've we've heard so many people say the same thing that it's just it's awkward, it's hard, and they are met with really offensive comments and responses. And I just think that like yeah, our community deserves 
an easy way to date. Um, and yeah. people often forget about the 1 billion disabled people in the world. And yeah, we're, we're making sure that people know that we are here, that disabled people do date. They are interested in dating because that's a very false misconception. Um, And so we're just trying to change the space. And what, um, how big have you grown? Like, um, because I'm, you know, you are new. So like, are you in every state? How, how many people are you serving? Yeah, we launched October 21st, 2022. So just over a year ago, um, we have over 14,000 users across North America, mostly in the United States and then some in Canada. We hope to expand internationally in this year or at the latest 2025 um, because we really, you know, we get emails every week from people in other countries um, and on other continents asking us if we can be available for them. And so that's definitely a goal of ours. But We want to have a really solid following here in the United States first and kind of get our bearings, which we're starting to do. And so, yeah, we're excited. But 14,000 users is something, you know, without any paid marketing campaigns or anything like that is more than we could have imagined. So we're delighted. Yeah. That's incredible. Something that really helps with, you know, our smaller user base is that we have an optional location function. So you can search within your hundred mile radius, but you can also just toggle it off and search anyone who meets your preferences. Mm -hmm. So that has given people the opportunity to make virtual connections and, and this long distance relationship that has come out of datability. That's exciting. Um, what challenges have you, um, come into, into, creating like an an online essentially yeah I think one thing that I didn't expect was the fundraising aspect because we're the only legitimate dating app for the entire disability and chronic illness community I thought that we would be able to secure funding pretty easily um and that was I was wrong. Uh, One, we're female founders, which can be really hard. Female founders tend to raise a lot less than their male counterparts. And then two, the disability aspect of it, like Jacqueline said, it's the forgotten minority, even though it's the largest minority. And the conversation around intimacy and disability can make a lot of people feel uncomfortable. It is the only minority that you can become a part of at any time. And so I think able-bodied people don't want to think about it. um, And so they just don't want to entertain the conversation at all. And so that's been really hard. And the other thing on the app side is we do everything, marketing, PR, customer service, technical testing. We don't code or build the app, but everything else we do. And customer service can be daunting. Um, So, you know, teaching people who have never been on a dating app how to use the app via email, like just explaining that. It can be a lot, (laughs) but, you know, we try to respond as quickly as possible, as thoroughly as possible, and we're happy to do it. But um, yeah, I dream of the day we can hire customer service support because as we grow, they just, you know, things get more frequent and it's just us too. So that leads me to, so what are your goals? You you said you want to go internationally. You want to have like a whole underground network of customer service people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What, uh, where do you see yourselves in, in, like five years, 10 years? What's yeah, the dream? I, 
we will become the go-to dating app for for our community and that I mean many people are on multiple dating apps mm-hmm. so that's more power to them but but I think that people won't necessarily have to do the search that they're doing now of like what is it dis- what is there a disabled dating yeah. app like they will just know just like people know about Bumble or Hinge um and I we uh, we like to compare ourselves to Grinder and that they really I mean they were the the first dating app um before any of the other dating apps and they um were wildly successful one because it did, did come from a personal problem that that the founder was facing and it really changed the game for the gay community and they i mean pride exploded with after grinder like at, people were just so much more open about celebrating um the community and they have done some incredible stuff um just with you know policy and creating that community and so we really want to um follow in their footsteps and make some minus any scandal or any issues they had later yes Yes. that caveat Um, (laughs) yeah you know because if you think about grinder they gave gay men the opportunity to meet safely and that's what we do for the disability community and there might not be as targeted and outward hate or bigotry towards the disability community as there is for the gay community but physical like physical spaces can be unsafe and inaccessible as well so there's that aspect and you are facing discrimination online and keyboard warriors and trolls and so I we really want to create this sense of community this safe place this understanding then you don't have to worry about meeting your date at a place that's inaccessible because they're already coming with the understanding that there's a need for accessibility. And so they'll choose a place that's accessible. Whereas an able-bodied, non-disabled person on hinge who doesn't really care about any of that might choose a place that's a rooftop that just has stairs or many or they, can access. Or they don't even consider asking what right. is accessible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They don't even open up the conversation. So right. Um, yeah, we re- that's what we want to do. And in five years, we hope that we won't, you know, that we, people will already know about us. That's the hardest part, actually, is getting the word out. Because even though we have over 14,000 users, there's so many people I'll still see posts on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook groups. Like, oh, I wish there's a dating app for chronically ill people. And there is. And so we want them to know about datability. Um, so by five years from now, I hope that that's less of a problem that we're experiencing and that maybe we're referenced on some pop culture TV shows, like the way, you know, Tinder is or Bumble. And so, yeah, I really am excited for the future. I think that's great. And it, it, it I hope it also gives, like, um, you were talking to our community, um, more comfort in themselves and more and more pride, you know, and that the disability chronic illness is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. I think particularly in Western culture and in, in a lot of cultures, we, we fear our mortality, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, things are very much hidden. Um, uh, and, and when you are more physically vulnerable, like safety is a huge issue. Like I, now there are places I would not live for my safety or go for my safety at night as a single disabled woman with a, with a mobile um, disability or a disability where I randomly go down and then I'm paralyzed. And then 
then I'm like, can I trust the person that I just got? Like, that's scary. So how do you, that goes to my question, uh, next question, how do you vet? Is that you guys too looking at people's pictures to see if they're real people or they're bots? Like, how do you solve the bot issue that kind of plagues all um <laughs> all dating it's apps the whole, it's the whole internet yes. yeah um, yeah the bots are out of control um at, on the internet and that is something that we have we, we we are battling but we are tackling it um successfully by you know creating different methods to block them uh we are going through our new user signups and deleting anyone that appears to be a bot or a scammer not there for the right reasons and um we have a pro optional profile verification on on datability which is similar to the ones on the other dating apps where you can um submit photos and that those match it got kicked off um no i mean he got kicked off datability um he was trying to be funny and this is where i was like i think it's because they thought you were a bot mate um, because he put a it for his profile pic, he did lots of pictures of Richard Nixon, and he said, "I hope you like my dick pics." I I deleted you. Yeah. Um, you. I you kind of figured, like I didn't think about it at the time, and I, I made that account a while ago, and then when I started actively trying to use it, then I must have been flagged. Yeah, you um, were reported. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, who is adding Richard Nixon pictures? Um, I laughed my butt off when I heard that because I, I would have found it humorous. But you, Now yeah. you know we are taking it seriously and that we will kick people off. And of course, there have been, you know, I've deleted someone who looks suspicious or they've been reported and they'll come back and they'll prove that they're a real person. If and they're too pretty, they're probably fake. That's what I've learned. Particularly if <laughs> someone looks like a supermodel and they message me and I'm like, uh, you're not real, but thank you for the interest in a gift card. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I won't send you a gift card. Um, but I have no money. We have like just beautiful people mm -hmm. on the app who do get reported and they are real. And people will say, hey, you know, this person's too hot to be disabled. And I'm like, no one's too hot to be disabled um that does that oh does I don't mean that I just mean like usually hot people aren't on dating them uh, you will but you it's so but that is not true either that was that was a judgmental statement the, the um, we've all said it but the bots are the they do a terrible job hiding um and like it's so obvious so luckily we make they make my job pretty easy and I'm able to remove them um but and then yeah, just we, remove butt heads like Nate. <laughs> right. We we really we really want to make it like a safe place where people yeah. feel safe. And that, you know, the other dating apps don't really care if there are bots. Um, some of them create AI profiles to create more like attractive users. Um, but we're like that's no, sick. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you personally going through, not like a, you don't have a and like IT person, um, cool or an algorithm of some kind. Nope, it's it's me. That's got to be exhausting. Yeah, um, but it's <laughs> worth it because I'd rather go through that than get all of the emails that say, "Hey, 
you're there's spots on this app um yeah uh, so yeah it's you gotta do what you gotta do yeah well good for you um my brain just froze <laughs> do you have any questions Nate um well where do you see this app going like I know you're trying to hold it in the U.S. right now but I guess you do see it as becoming like a global sort of yeah. uh for people in the future yeah we want to expand internationally um asap yesterday we get emails all the time from people in australia and new zealand europe um so we want to start expanding to those countries you're they're pretty costly their privacy laws can be um expensive to comply with and mm -hmm. we want to book so we're waiting for additional funding um and resources to do that so that's I just that's no what kind of you still is you don't the funding's not there yet yeah, yeah. And we're we're still working on on that, and um, you know we've got we've gone pretty far with just such a minimal budget, and we're really proud of that. Mm -hmm. But we would love some of you know the big money to come in and help us just really scale. That would be incredible. So just um, uh, we're gonna put the word out and in through speaking and speaking system we're going to have our own page for you um so listeners and followers if you go to our website www.speakingandspoons.com on our schedule for the third season uh, you'll see a button that says meet our guests and you'll get to see um more about the child sisters and the dateability app and you will be able to go right on and sign on um and do you have any and mm -hmm. it's free which is even better because that's the hardest thing I think for a lot like half like on Christmas like that's sometimes like once a year I'll I'll treat myself for like a month to one app and it's not really a treat because it's depressing right but it <laughs> always like file like it always happens around the holidays because the holidays is when you're reminded that you're lonely and you're single with all these Hallmark movies and everybody celebrating family stuff um so um it's exciting that you guys are doing this as a, a free um, option for people with chronic illness and disability. Yeah, we yeah. really, we really wanted to make it so that um, you know people we people trust us and that we're the face of this of the brand and that it is accessible for for people and that means that it is that it's free and of course we'll eventually add subscription models similar to the apps, but we will always have a free version and we're committed to, to that. Well, thank you both so much um, for being on with us today. And thank you, Luna, for um, uh, <laughs> Luna the dog, uh, for joining in as well as we celebrate the Dateability app and Romance Month here at Speaking in Spoons. And uh, stay tuned after... Um, this, Nate and I will be back for an after party and we'll see you soon. Thank Happy you. Valentine's Day. Welcome back. This is your host, Christina Brookman and the co-host, Dr. Nate Strauss to talk about the interview you just heard about Datability app, the dating app for the individuals with disabilities and chronic illnesses.
so what are your thoughts, Nate? Well, as a user of the app, there are things I like about it and things I don't like so much about it. Um, I think the swiping thing is cool. You can just swipe like you don't have, there's no, none of this. It's more just like button mashing, button. Yeah. which I, I, as someone who doesn't have the most dexterity, I do find that as a positive because I'll just go boom, 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 boom. You know, you I know. hadn't even thought of that, but that is helpful you know yeah yeah but well i think one of the things i don't like about the app is when you match with somebody it just feels like the conversation just kind of i don't know it's hard to like track it i i find that like also the app doesn't always let you know that someone said something so you have to go look and then you have yeah. to examine and make sure that someone did continue the conversation so that means you have to click into each individual conversation right. i didn't i didn't like that so much but that's like a minor inconvenience and the a lot of other apps don't do that either so it's not something particular it's to like a, an issue that's kind of happening everywhere with online dating i, I jumped but i jumped back in the um i was like i i feel like a hypocrite um we're having the month of love and i'm not even putting myself out there or trying i was like i'll try um and you know um like you i have uh, i have mixed feelings too i think it's like a great idea you know um that i think a lot of people will really find comfort in when dating can be very uncomfortable in general and then when you add the layer of disability on top of it. Um, I think what uh, the problem that I, the the biggest issue that I've had is, is um, I'm not as, I'm not as comfortable doing long distance because I can't drive traveling. I don't have the money for like, you know, to get on a plane and go travel. Um, I'm looking at relocating anyways, but I really have to be very specific about where I can live because I need public transportation access and things like this, certain resources that not every um, location is going to have. Uh, and so it's like the logical, I've got, it makes dating sound like an algorithm in a way like let me get out my spreadsheet like do you live in a place that has buses and trains and but in a way it's a safety thing for me too um but oh. i think they're still in their infancy you know they just started um that's not, that's not a fault of the app you're you're seeing like you're trying to um plan for things that aren't even part of the equation yet like you haven't matched have with you them met me yet i know but just like you're you're making up things to make things even more like you have you haven't well, matched with somebody like so that's like a step after you match like well how am i going to get around me though but you're saying like instead of doing that you don't want to go through the trouble well most of the people the that i've been matching with are like on the west coast yeah yeah, so that's limited. like a huge difference. Um, like, yeah. um, not like, I mean, I love the West Coast, but it, you know, it's a huge difference. And my support is, is here. Um, 
So yeah, it, and those are things I didn't think about when I was younger. I would up and move like anywhere because, but well, yeah, it, this is... it changes when you become more vulnerable. Um, uh, like I am looking at moving, but I'm looking at moving to a city where I know it's going to have better transportation. It's going to have um, more resources for me, more housing opportunities for me um, that I can kind of be more independent in a safe way. And that's exciting to me that I'm not dependent on my mom all the time, you know. Um, Do you think an app like this would have, would have some of those things listed? Like is near transportation, is near convenient parking, does have disability services in my area. Like that's something you would like check. Oh, like, that actually is a profile. cool idea. Yes, there is Metro here. Like these, like, I mean, I can always Google that, but it's, I, yeah. I don't know how you really create a, like a bond through long distance, but I, I mean, you've been doing I, that with somebody. As someone yeah. who has a friend in the Philippines who is Talk my about it. yeah girlfriend of some kind, although we've never met each other, like yeah. it's possible to create a level of intimacy with yeah. someone. 12 hours away from you globally. maybe I'm just full and my cousin her she got married they met an online dating like before online dating was a thing like years ago back with like yeah. AOL time and um I've, they had a my, beautiful marriage they were long distance and then relocated for each other friend, some college friends of mine met on eHarmony like so yeah. it's not it's not unheard of yeah. She got married when I was like 25, I think. Okay. So it's like super right out of college. Like you don't need to do it, but it was just, it was appealing. And she found a great match. Her husband's a great guy. I think he's like a former or in the military, but they looked very similar. Right. <laughs> you know, I just, I think there's something to it. And a lot of people, and maybe you don't find your match, but I don't think that's the fault of the app. I think it's just. Oh, no, no. I, I think um, eventually oh. they'll have more people. Like, and that's like mm -hmm. about what the show is too. Like the more people are there, the more choices there are for people. And the more, uh, um, you know, the more chances you have of meeting a match, you know, and, um, and they've been doing that. Like they grew from like nothing to like, what did they say? Like 14,000, like in just yeah. less than a year, like that's huge. So. Right. And they said they were focusing in the U S but they didn't want to expand to other yeah. countries. And I think it's just gonna, I think the app has the potential to be big. Yeah. And it's, I think it's it could be great to a niche that's not exactly served a lot. I would love game. to see like a lot of chronic health. Cause I know that's why uh, it got started. Um, was the idea of the chronic health. And, you know, that's kind of a really difficult and taboo thing to talk about, particularly when it affects things like dietary choices where you can go out to eat, you know, hey, sorry, um, I have to keep running yeah. to the bathroom. You know, it's it's stuff that's uncomfortable to talk about and embarrassing. And, um, but it would be great if, yeah, like I, I like that idea of having a community of people that kind of get that or maybe they're on because they had a family member, you know, that has that so they understand and they support like, to me, that is 
that is really cool. Right. And it's, it's about like meeting like-minded people. I mean, I think there's something for it. I just, I think the app is still in its infancy and I did I've get to some put some interesting my, people actually. Yeah. No one's replied to my montage, but no one likes your montage of dicks. One person applied or uh, said something about it, but then I responded and she never said anything else about it. Aww. Yeah. But I don't know. It was a kind of a gambit with my dick pics montage. You probably need better pictures, better dick pic pictures. There's so many dicks. There's Andy Dick. There's Dick Cheney. There's Dick Van Dyke. Go with the Dick Van Dyke. Do not do Dick Nixon. Cheney. No, I, they said in the interview they wanted me to put a montage. So as I did many a dicks as possible. I think there are like 16 dicks <laughs> in that montage. And then there are pictures of me after it. But yeah. the first pick, the pick everyone sees is the dick pick montage. You're crazy. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, probably, but isn't that the whole idea? I need to attract the same kind of crazy, which is probably a gamble. You're putting yourself out there for someone who appreciates it. I think it's yeah. hysterical. And the right, I think the right person will think it's hysterical too. Um, I I love the fact that they're sisters, you know, that um they're getting to do it's you know, it's kind of like us doing it as this as friends. And they're getting to, huh? We're not related. Otherwise, no. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been a disaster. No, it would have been all kinds of wrong. Oh well, yeah, but um, but they, I think it's cool doing that. You know, with with us, a family member, and particularly since her sister did it, because she saw you know, all the problems her sister was having and struggling with in the, the regular online dating. And they're clearly so passionate about it, about wanting to kind of change the way online dating is for people with disabilities and chronic illnesses. And that that is very exciting to me. Um, yeah. We were kind of talking about this before it recorded, but you and I have both said that we get nervous about the idea of dating we both have mobility disabilities now like we've progressed to that and struggle with the idea of dating somebody else who also has like a mobility disability which is kind of you know going to happen on the app you're meeting a lot of people with you know similar stuff and um but i also know people who do it and are successful um so let's talk about that a little like what are your thoughts on I, I, I mean, I guess I just, to me, it feels like you're doubling up on something that is already hard. Yeah. But at the same time, you're finding somebody who gets it. So I yeah. think that's there's something cool about that. Like what you were saying with Sherry and her husband, they're both wheelchair bound. Yeah. They're not bound, but they both use wheelchairs. Right. And it's, it's, there's something, the struggle, that kind of struggle, you don't know it unless you live it. Unless it's just, you live it, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's so much, like, what we go through every day with being tired and struggling to walk and, you know, feeling sick and going to the hospital. Like, that's something you don't know 
what that's like unless you live that. Right. So that I think that is a unique um, advantage to disability dating. Like finding like and and you said Sherry wouldn't have found her husband unless she she did online. Like it's just people are worlds apart. I think apart. they met through friends. I thought they met through an app. No. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I think they I'm, met through friends. We but... that interview was a long time ago, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we're not remembering it right, but just. But, I, but I it is. I just, do, like they both have care, their own caretakers. Right. You know. It's, it's just this that kind of disability. You're not going to find it in the you know in the world unless you're specifically right. putting this out there. You know that you would like somebody who shares that with you. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, dating was hard for me before I got like less ambulatory and now it's just like i don't even like i don't even know where to begin sometimes yeah that's kind of been my thing like putting myself out there and like i can make these connections but how would i even like go meet them like i have to yeah. ask my mom to drop me off like um yeah, i could do that but particularly for like a first date like i don't want somebody that i've never met before to pick me up and right now I'm uncomfortable getting a lift by myself in case I have one of these paralyzing events. And then I'm in a car with a stranger paralyzed and unable to speak or see, you know? So. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, that's why you meet through virtual first. I think being yeah. cautious about this kind of stuff, like in the, in the dating world, I think it's always, I'm, I just, I put such a wall between me and a physical date. Like I used to be all about physical dates. Like that was, I would try to get that. Like, I was like, let's go meet at a park or let's go to dinner. Like that was yeah. my first go-to, like, let me just meet you out somewhere. But now that I'm disabled, I feel more, I want to meet, I want to see if it's worth the trouble because it is right. a lot of trouble. Like, so I try to do virtual stuff. I want to call you. I want to video chat you. Well, a lot of that's kind of to weed out the scammer people as well. It's nice to have that interaction too. Like, right. like I, I was having this great chat with a guy for several days on a, a different app. And so I gave him my number and then we talked and totally different than what I was expecting. Um, and um but you can't know that unless you talk on the phone and people don't like to talk on the phone. Like, I always joke. I miss rotary. Oh. Like, I miss <laughs> but yeah, people don't want to talk or get on, um, get on zoom anymore. Um, well, I mean, anymore. we didn't have zoom before. A lot of people do are willing to talk, but a lot of the times, a lot of these people that I don't think are totally genuine, don't want to do that because they just want to I don't know I don't know what the end game is for them but they just want to text and yeah. I don't like texting one because it's difficult and yeah, two, it really hurts you can't tell who that person is without hearing them and seeing them yeah and, you know eventually touching them <laughs> like it's just <laughs> there's some step I just there's some steps to people interacting that you just don't get through chat 
Yeah. And it's, you can easily misinterpret conversation through um, chat. Like, um, uh, I just totally, I thought he didn't speak English well, but he was doing voice to text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I got it completely wrong. Um, but, uh, which I do all the time, because voice to text is so much, you know, um, yeah. So much yeah. better. But sometimes the text doesn't understand what you say. And sometimes Not the autocorrect. At all. Yeah. Sometimes autocorrect jumps in and changes what you said, even when the voice to text gets it. Yeah. And then just messes up the whole, like, there's a lot of caveats to voice to so text. So I accidentally sent somebody that I loved them because autocorrect changed it. And I was like, no, can I, like, how do you reverse a text? What did it but say before? Um, I can't remember. I just remember the trauma of seeing love go through in text. Oh, that's weird. Like, I, I think know. it was live or something or laugh or like it just I I live you. No, it just changed like it changed the phrase. Autocorrect is evil. All right. I agree. I agree. But yeah, I just as far as the app is concerned, I like the app. I think there's a lot of growth there and I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think it was nice to see two sisters working together because you don't yeah. see that kind of dynamic a lot. And the fact that they're doing it all by themselves is even more impressive. Like, I, like I just heard that one girl going through the app by herself, kicking out bots, kicking out scammers and just kind of, filtering it like i thought was like an algorithm like mo i think most of the bigger dating apps have algorithms to right. you know, to filter people but she's going through hand by hand letting people into the app and i i think that's commendable and i i just i i feel good about at least being on it like at least i'm putting myself out there although it's kind of I don't know. I think it's different men and women on those apps because I think you get a lot more business than I do. Like, I feel like I, it's every so like I'll get like a conversation every so often, especially what I loved about OkCupid is I could just mass message people and that would hit like if I got a hit back from it, then that would mean that person would want a conversation. But it, if I kept if I liked people one, I don't think girls really pay attention because they get so much traffic that it's hard for them to see when someone likes them. And then the conversation, like the chat is the one thing that triggers them to say, oh, maybe I should put some interest and look at this person. Right. But when apps don't offer that, it kind of, it throws a lot of the men into this, like, we're not even going to bother looking at your profile because we don't see it. Ah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because the dynamics, I think, between men and women on those apps is very. I've noticed a lot of the guys don't read it all, though. Like, I'll match with people and then, like, I'll send them a message or something. And I'm like, oh, you finally read the part where. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think women have a lot of trouble with that, too. I think it's just all the whole, like, the whole, like, game of dating it's just it's just so different between the genders and now we have like 
it's gotten even more complicated because now there are more than two genders and also like any layered disability on top of that it just gets it's just so crazy well i'm i'm well and i think you hit it when you said game like it shouldn't be a game it should um it but i think people treat it like they treat shopping with the swiping um it is a game life's a game i think everything's a game in some respect I mean, the game of life is the most serious game because it has the most risk. You know? Like, it's life or death. Yeah. Most dangerous of games. The most dangerous of games. Mind blown. Mic drop. But dating is a game. Dating is a game, but we're playing for stakes that we don't really under... Like, it's a, it's a game in the sense that we are... You know, animals play this game in their mating with each other mating dances and stuff they put on a show for their potential mate and a, a female will is that a pick. game or is that communication like by like it's a like game by in game the sense i think you mean messing with each other do you know what i mean like the people oh, are just no, like oh like, no swipe swipe you know game, game is in contest okay we're playing for your affections as men, we have to, you know, that's why they call it peacocking in yeah. dating where men wear something that kind of makes them stand out, you know? But I mean, the peacock does that, like, that's why it's called peacocking, because that's what the peacock does. It. Oh, I know. Giant. But that's a mating. That's a game. That's a game, because if the if the female doesn't, but it's just, I don't think we, it, I don't think animals think about it as a game. And I don't think humans necessarily have to think about it as a game, but we are playing, you know? Well, and like women have to peacock too, because I think that's what inspired her so much with this app. Because when you're a woman who isn't necessarily like the trophy, like the, that the guy can take to the business party or whatever, you know, because you're going to bring a cane or you might like have to be like, no, I can't eat that. Or you're constantly going to the bathroom or you're in a wheelchair, you know, like you're not the, the representation that men are wanting to necessarily present and not all men. I'm not saying like all men, but even nice guy, like I don't blame men, like particularly young men who want a family, want things, you know, like we they you you see certain things and you think oh that can't be possible you know and I can't have kids so you know I could not provide a guy with that a family and that like a biological family which is very important to a lot of guys like I think sometimes it's more important to guys than it is to girls um because I would be fine with adopting now I can't adopt a small child it would have to be a school-aged child, like an older school-aged child, because I like a young child is takes a lot of physical work that I just can't do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'd let you adopt a small child as well. Like it just because you're not capable. Of well, by myself, that. no. But I mean, in a relationship, yeah. Right. I just yeah, I, I would drop I mean, a baby. That would be bad reproduction is the name of the game so if you take that out then the game becomes something else yeah but still it's still you're still playing for relationship relationship companionship you're still playing for yeah. that and i i think there's something 
you know, that's difficult about that. And I think there's something like if you're sharing that part of your life, like I, I believe that us dating is a, as, as a vulnerability in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the price of That's playing what it is. that's the yeah. cost of admission to the game so you're you're probably going to get hurt yeah but you it, will you know i think it's worth it yeah i think, I think companionship, yeah. meeting people i've met great friends through it um and, yeah. and i'm excited for this app i think that you know i think that this is going to be a really great thing for people so i hope yeah. that the people listening and watching will go out there and and sign up if they're not already because it could be a great who knows maybe you'll meet your person that's going to get it and the yeah. more people that sign up you know like we said the more chances are that you could meet that person yeah yeah and the more people on the app the better the numbers are for you and i yeah <laughs> that's really why why we pitched that just kidding yeah. um so uh Thank you for joining us. And um, later this month, we'll be having Matthew Shapiro from Six Wheels um, talking about his personal story with disability, um, cerebral palsy. So stay tuned for that. He is also involved with um, the Datability dating app. Um, so he just wasn't be able to be here at this interview. So uh, we're very excited for his story and to share that with you. Stay tuned and save your spoons. If you want to contact us, please send a DM or email to speakinginspoons at gmail.com with any stories you have or would like to interview with us on any of our upcoming topics. And check out our website, for all of our upcoming episodes and what's happening in the Speaking in Spoons community at www.speakinginspoons.com. Thank you for listening to Speaking in Spoons and have a great day.